What's going on, everybody? Ashanti Titus here, executive producer at Ground Over Matter Films, also executive producer of Natural Hair, the movie. I'm super excited because we have Ariana Beninato here with us today, and she is the CEO of Collective Casting, which is an amazing agency that has placed over 400 people of color, and not just in any type of, you know, run-of-the-mill films or uh, music videos. She's worked with people like Megan Thee Stallion, uh, Joey Badass, as well as uh, recently did some casting for this, this new movie coming up that we're going to talk about. So how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, I'm super, super excited to get into this because we have so many people who are working on projects and we also are excited to be talking about representation today mm -hmm. and you have a very unique and amazing story and mm -hmm. I just love people who, you know, stand up and be like, you know, enough is enough and I'm going to yeah. do something about it and not just yeah. complain about it, but actually <laughs> yeah. do something about it. So, right. um, so yeah, let's get into it. So mm -hmm. let's talk about your journey. You actually started off as a model. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I actually started off modeling when I was 14 years old. Um, I had no intentions of getting into modeling or fashion. Uh, I was a total tomboy when I was a kid. So I was always into sports and playing outside, like in the dirt. Uh, yeah. so, like, I never yeah. even cared about my clothes or anything. Um, but when I was younger, I was approached to start modeling and I was just bitten. And um, as I grew older, my interest just grew more and more and more. Wow. And um, I got to the point where I started commercial modeling back home in Cleveland. And um, I really wanted to start take my career more seriously and get into the New York market. Um, so I decided to just kind of pack my bags uh, in 19 and move to New York City, take a take a bus ticket, a one way bus ticket to New York. And and there's that. <laughs> wow, that takes a lot of tenacity and courage. I don't there's 19 year olds that don't even know how to like I don't, I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> know they don't know how to do a lot of things. So for you to have that tenacity and be like, okay, I'm just going to go to New York and we're going to yeah. see how this works out. That in yeah. itself is huge, right? <laughs> yeah. So let's get into modeling. So what age did you start modeling? And then we can talk about like more about New York and, and all of that. Journey. For sure. So I, I really started professional modeling when I was 18. Um, I got into it because I had applied to be on America's Next Top Model. Okay. Um, and I had made it to a semifinal in New York City. Okay. And the experience was, had inspired me so much. I was like, you know what? No, I got to come back. Of course, you know, I didn't have the show or anything, but it was such a cool experience. I was like, you know what? I think there's kind of something I want to do. And that's when I really started taking it seriously. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So you are down, you were the owner of collective mm -hmm. casting okay yes and yeah. what prompted you to go from being a model to be like you know what i'm just gonna do be a part of the agency i'm gonna actually create an agency what what turning point what happened to make you decide to do that so um after i moved to new york city of course like most most models that pack up their bags and move to new york city they have this supermodel dream that like is in their head like i'm gonna move to new york be a supermodel it's gonna be so easy and fabulous like whatever well, when I moved to New York City, I got a wake-up call with the racism that I faced in the fashion industry. Oh and a lot of the agencies that would have open calls um, uh, or just I would sit have meetings with them, uh, they would straight up tell me they weren't looking for black models or they would say that we already have a black model that looks like you. And, wow. you know, since we have one, we don't need to. Uh, <laughs> and... Wow. Um, 
He told me to mm-hmm. lose weight, you know, go plus size. I, I, I'm a size two. I've been like a size two, four. At the time, I was, I was probably like a more four, six. So I was a little bit, you know, bigger, but I was told to go plus size. Uh, I was what? told, you know, th- th- uh, I'm not, you know, I think the, the, the normal, like, biracial things, you're not black enough. You're not white enough. You know, you're too big. You're too whatever. You know, it was uh-huh. just anything. And um, I, I thought, you know, it was just me. So I literally, like, because I wanted it so bad, I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to get my diet right. I'm going to try to lose weight. I'm going to try to consider, you know, what they're, what they're saying. I'm going to try to really right. prove myself, you know, because I, I, I wanted to be accepted so bad. And, like, it was so painful. During that, that time, I was so sad and, and so depressed trying to conform. I and, it, and it got to the point where, you know, no, none of the agencies wanted to even work with me. I was d- rejected from every agency. What? And Yeah. Oh and, That's kind of unbelievable. That's like, <laughs> are they blind? <laughs> I mean, I think it, I mean, it was the hair was just too big and distracting. I don't, I don't even know. But uh, no one wanted to sign with me. So I had to learn how to become an agent myself. And uh, I started freelancing, freelance modeling for a lot of different companies. And over time, the companies would say, you know, we need more black models, but we don't know any. We don't even know where to find any. Um, and at the agencies, agencies don't really represent that many black models. They, they'll only represent probably, there's probably majority of the agencies that the major agencies are probably rep- representing less than 10 black models on their main boards. Uh, wow. So it's like, there really isn't that many of us for clients to choose from. And this was in, this was before, you know, black girl magic was a trend in the fashion industry. So, mm-hmm. uh, for them, uh, so, you know, they weren't even trying to advocate for us because no one in the fashion industry really like at that time was like making that a priority. Um, so with these experiences and with having my own experience with dealing with my, you know, with my own racism in the fashion industry and hearing the experiences of others and so many models, those those people don't see, you may see a lot of models on Instagram, but what you don't see is the thousands of models that you are in New York city sharing their experiences. And we all have similar experiences of, you know, we all can't get signed. Like why, why can't we get signed to these major agencies? Why aren't we being Mm -hmm. even afforded the opportunity for representation to be stepping in the rooms of Maybelline and CoverGirl and whatever the brands may be, you know, we're not even given the opportunity right. to, to walk in the door because the agencies are, were systemically oppressing against Afrocentric beauty standards. And right. that whole problem to me was such a big problem. And every time I was on set, I was often tokenized as the token black model, as the only model with curly hair, and sometimes as the only person of color on the set period. And I realized that no one is actively trying to solve this problem where I'm at. Like right. where I'm at in this world right now, like I don't <laughs> see any solutions. Right. <laughs> and so um, this was around the time the Trayvon Martin and uh, Black Lives Matter movement really started in New York City. Mind you, I'm a young girl in New York City. Like I was in the streets protesting crazy. I was <laughs> skipping class. I remember mom listening. I was skipping class and protesting. Like yeah, I was like, dude, is that is anyone listening to me? Right. You know? And I yep. felt so unheard. And so I was like, you know, what can I do? What can I do right now to change how I feel about this? Because this systemic oppression against black models is, you know, another degree of this mass, you know, problem that we have in our culture. Right. And so I just, uh, my, my solution was buy my LLC and created my business to represent the models and represent other models myself. Um, right. You know, because I'm I'm 26. And most of the people I work with, they are in their 20s. We're all around the same age. So, and sometimes, you know, 
I, I work with people, you know, twice my age, sometimes in their 60s, 70s. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's what that, I think. <laughs> that is amazing. And, mm. you know, so many people, they just, you know, they complain or, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and they or they mm. just talk about all of the problems and the oppression and things like that, which is very real and very true. Yes. And I'm so yes. happy to see that you got over that yes. enough to do something about it right yes because so many people they're just like oh no one's hiring me and then they just get depressed and they do nothing yeah but now you <laughs> go exactly. ahead exactly i was yeah. gonna say i used to have this um <laughs> when i first started my business i was i was kind of cut throat i used to have this mantra like are we gonna sit in the corner and cry about not being booked or are we gonna try to be booked on set we have two options <laughs> we can either yes. sit and cry or we're going to get with the program. Let's get with the program. Let's have strong books. Let's have strong portfolios. Let's get booked. Let's go to set. Like, there period. you go. That's just my mantra. That's just my mantra. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what, and, and you know what? It seems like there's like a disconnect because they're saying like at these regular, the, the agencies, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they don't need black models. But when you speak to the actual companies, they're saying that we're, there's they a disconnect. That- they need black models. So what's what's going on with that? Like, what would you I, say? I think that honestly, recently, um, the whole um, the black squares, the whole black square thing, really, I think, brought attention to the agencies internally themselves because so many brands are being called out. And I feel like, I mean, as a business owner myself, see, I have to worry about being called out because I'm a black business owner and I've been booking black people since the day I started. You know, but these other these right. other brands you know, that don't have black talent, they're like, oh, wait, we're supporting solidarity, but we're not even actually being, you know, in solidarity with this culture, you know? So I definitely think there's a total, I mean, I'm not going to say it's cap, it's marketing, you know, because uh, that, that's why I said in the fashion industry to uh, diverse marketing, multicultural marketing is still like a trend, like it's still an aesthetic for them, you know? Um, and um, I just think that, Maybe now there's more of an effort towards it, but like like I said, when I started, oh no, they said, oh no, we got one or two of y'all, so we don't even need like I'm the token light skinned black girl, you know. So if they are every single agency has a girl that looks like me already, you know. So it's like we already have a girl that looks like you. We don't we don't need two more. But you know, a lot of these same agencies will have twenty blonde models and twenty brunettes and twenty brunette guys that all look almost exactly the same and. Uh, yeah. So th- so there's that. <laughs> wow. So mainly it's it's ma- it's like they're just cho- you think that it's just a matter of them just choosing like not to because as we know a lot of black art is discounted. Yeah. And so and I was thinking like is it that they feel like the the money aspect like you know we don't get a lot of money or revenue from black models I, or I, it- I honestly that's not the case at all because okay. we see it with our own numbers that we produce, like example, when they made Vogue Italia, the only edition of Vogue Italia is the only edition of Vogue to ever sell out. And if you look up the Vogue okay. Italia now, the black Vogue Italia, the only one that's ever made, most expensive Vogue, so it's still worth over $2,000 to this day and it's sold out. So wow. the numbers were never the problem. You know, the, the black hair care industry is a billion dollar industry. Like that, that, that wasn't the problem. Racism is the problem. There <laughs> like, you go. That's yeah. the problem. Thank you, know, you for clearing that up because a lot of people will say, you know, that'll be their excuse as yeah. to why they don't, you know, book 
black models and, and, and everything like that or why it's limited because right. we've as far as in the film industry we've seen the same thing people are saying oh there's not a big market but how is it that some of the most the you know the ones that do the best at the box office are black okay. films yes know? exactly black panther was the perfect example because so for so long we had that for the, the old hollywood narrative black films won't sell black ah 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 stop that's just racism <laughs> like just stop that it's not that's not a thing because we made a billion dollars you know for that movie <laughs> like you know for black panther you know so it's just like it shattered so many records and i'm like you know i hope companies take note like please take note of the black buying power like of how strong that is because we can make you you guys like billionaires or trillionaires like seriously because because black people just that that's our buying power you know right. and you know what there's this whole like theory about images and keeping up with the beauty standards and like not mm-hmm. wanting to um what is the word I'm looking for like overexpose you mm-hmm. know blackness yeah like you do you think that's like that's a part of it as well you know what um, I mean like as far as the beauty in in blackness right yes you, and I mean I also I also know that for a fact the way that the industry is, is it, it is systemically oppressed against Eurocentric or Afrocentric beauty standards. It is for Eurocentric beauty standards. Like, even the black models that are big, a lot of them have Eurocentric beauty standards. Like, mm-hmm. let's be real. Like, we can't, we can't, we can't negate that, you know? For sure. So, I think that, um, you know, when you have people at these companies that have been in their same positions for like 60, 40 years, 30 years, a lot of times it's it's hard to change their ways. Like, and if they're, if what's working for them, they think what is working, like that's hard to convince, especially as a business owner. Like if what's working for me, why do I got to do something else? If this has been working for me this entire time, you know, you know, like example, like, um, Gucci, (laughs) perfect example. Why do we have to include black fashion? Why do we have to include black models? We've been white this whole time and, and we've gotten away with it. You know, and, and all these brands are like, oh, wait, we have to hire black people now. Oh, my God. You know? um, so. Uh, so, yeah. And one of the things you talked about it being like a trend, like it'll go, it'll be like, oh, we black is cool. And then it'll mm-hmm. go away and then mm-hmm. it'll come back. Yes. And it's like, it's just like, I'm just so glad that, you know, yourself, you're standing up and being like, no, there is a need. And then yes. you're fulfilling that need because you've proven that with your numbers and being able to book. Exactly. Now, can you talk about like the whole casting and representation? Like what exactly, mm-hmm. like, you know, if I came to you, we ha- we're doing a film, you know, we need um, about five different uh, actresses and mm-hmm. they need to be African-American. I come to you, like, tell mm-hmm. me what that process is like. So um, with a director in a film, um, what casting does is we sit down with the director uh, and we, we read the script. And so when I read the script, I, I'm literally like watching the film in my head as I'm reading it. And I'm just picturing all the characters and all the roles and all the layers of the characters. And um, I, I sit down with the director so that we have a very clear narrative of what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. what are what is the story that we're trying to tell, period? It has nothing to do with me. What is the story? You know, and I will execute that to... To, to the integrity of, of whatever, you know, they're looking for. And um, I bring actors in and I'll, di- the, I'll give them, you know, sides, they audition, there's an auditioning process, there's a callback process, um, you know, and it's all about, you know, as a casting director, I always want every single person I'm like asking to audition for something, I'm, I want them to book the role. Like, 
I generally want to find somebody, you know, because it's my job to find somebody, right. you know, so I'm always rooting for the actor, too. So as a casting director, it's kind of like a liaison between the talent and the and the production. Mm-hmm. And I, and like if if their if their audition needs improvement, I'll be like, hey, can you like retake this? I'm like, do it like this a little bit. And and right. if the director needs something else, you know, I communicate that. So um, that's kind of what I do. I'm kind of like the middleman. Got you, got you. And so you're always like actively just like looking for talent, like just across the board from videos and things like that. Yes, yes, because like I do all types of jobs. So like Mm -hmm. I'm working on a film right now, but literally as this conversation is happening, I have a crew of I have talent on set in in Los Angeles. uh, (laughs) Wow. So I I have so many different types of jobs, so many different types of roles. I'm mm-hmm. always looking for people. Um, for sure. It's kind of like a blessing and a curse because, like, there isn't a day when someone is like, hi, my cousin wants to get into modeling, or hi, I have someone who wants to get into modeling, or I want to get into modeling. It's, that's, like, an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm literally always looking for people. So I I, I, kind of, I really don't mind it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And you, your company recently was recognized by uh, Beyonce, right? Yes. How, how, was, how was that? Like, because... <laughs> oh, my gosh, <laughs> I, I, I don't even laughing. yeah i started laughing because of how surreal it was like one of course beyonce is a dream client like i told i tell everybody all the time oh we're gonna work with beyonce one day ariana like we're gonna work with them one day like that's the thing uh yeah and so when she shouted us out especially it her timing was impeccable i mean on juneteenth in the midst of all that stuff going on like and mind you, for the fashion industry and COVID and agencies, there was no work. There was no yeah. work for us. Like, yeah. we were not essential businesses, you know. Mm-hmm. So there might have been some bookings here and there, but not a, not like a regular business, you know. Um, everything was really shut down. And so when she shouted me out, I, I didn't even know what was coming. I just got the first notification from one of my friends. They tagged me in it. And I'm like, what is, what is this? I don't even know what I'm looking at. Right. And then I like realize what I'm looking at and then I just start screaming and making really loud noises and freaking out like oh my gosh like she she said there is collective casting of Beyonce's name is right there on her website like I yeah going crazy and it yeah. just it we created this jolt Beyonce's spirit is just so strong like it created this jolt of energy in my business and like literally that week mm-hmm. um since I haven't stopped working, like for my business, like I've been busy since then. <laughs> yes, that that's amazing. And you've worked with, um, see Megan the Stallion, and I think mm-hmm. I saw the Joey Badass video. Yeah. Um, what was it called Live or the Light? The Light, the Light, the yeah. Light. And yeah. so I was like, and you talked about like the diversity in relation to the ages and sizes of women, which was our, you know, which was we saw was reflected in that video. Yes. So yes. what what was that like? Like how was it different as far as like like music and film? Mm-hmm. Like do you have a favorite or like Um I think my okay, my favorite I would say is is um film because you're there every single day and mm-hmm. you're you're like production is like working on this goal to tell this story every single day for like months at a time. Weeks mm-hmm. or months at a time, whatever. Um and I like that feeling. I like that consistency. You know, when I mm-hmm. music videos, you know, yeah, right. they're consistent, but it's not like you're doing the same exact t- type of thing every day. It's different every single every single movie set. And it, it's really important for me, especially like in the cast for the light, 
like the roles of the women too, because it's not often, it's, it's rare that black women are written in the treatments for music videos in an empowering narrative in hip hop. Like, let's be honest, how many videos have you, have you seen rappers do where they empower the women and not over-sexualize them? Like, yeah. I, I can't remember, you know, like, I, can't, <laughs> I don't remember, like, that's not like a trend. Yeah. You know, what's it, what, what they like is a lot of the labels, like, you know, the, the hip, like the, the booty shaking, like, you know, the sexy, you know, the, and that's cool and everything too. Yes, we sh- the women should be empowered sexually as well, but we should not be over-sexualized into these roles. Every time there's a black woman on set, why is she in a bra and panties? Or why is she <laughs> and, and got baby oil on? Like, why do you have to do this? Like, can we yeah. look her as like a normal person? You know, so I'm all for giving black women power mm-hmm. in any way possible. And mm-hmm. as a casting director, I give black women power through bookings and through roles. Mm-hmm. And to give those type of women power during that time, because we shot that, this, this is around all the nationwide protests, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was, it really meant something to me because it was the African spirituality and we need more positive representation of that through our lens. Like yeah. I, I want people to know like, yeah, a black woman cast that, 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 that music video. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, um, cause, cause even African spirituality, it can get like real woo woo if it's like, you know, told by through a white narrative. It's, yeah. it's very taboo, but that's because the wrong people have been telling it the whole time. You know, we really need to tell our own stories. And that's why casting matters. That's why behind the scenes matter, because mm-hmm. we need to be behind the scenes just as much as we need to be in front of the camera, too. Right. And, you know, uh, let's see. Another thing I was thinking about I just want to touch on is like mm-hmm. having someone like yourself to be the casting director versus like some of the stuff that's coming out right now. With yeah. Some of the abuse and things oh, that have yeah. been happening. And so like yeah. to be able to go somewhere where, you know, you're going to be taken care of and you don't have to worry about this weird, these weird propositions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like for sure. So that's, so that's, that's major. But yeah. um, let me see. And what, what was something else I wanted to ask you? So you just recently you did the casting for a film that's coming out. Do you want to talk about talk about that? Yeah. So I I assisted a casting director. Her name is Lillian Powell, who is also a black uh, black owned casting company. She's based in my hometown, Cleveland. Okay. And um, Lillian called me up one day. She said, "We need to find some Black Panthers. We need to find some Black men." I said, "Well, you called the right woman. And you know, you called the right woman because that's what I'm here for." Okay. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, so we cast a couple scenes. We cast some of the biggest scenes for the movie. And I didn't know what I actually had done casting wise because I was, like I said, another, the other casting director called my phone. So I, I wasn't really into the project as much. I didn't really see the bigger scale of what was going on. Seriously. Um, I'm just doing my job. I'm like, okay, you need 70 black men. Okay. But, and I got hundreds of them for them. Right. Um, <laughs> and when I saw the trailer for the first time, my yeah. jaw dropped because I was like, that's what I did. <laughs> that was what I cast. Like, yeah. oh my God. Like, yeah. I was like shaking, you know? And because <laughs> it was just like, I really felt like I was living my purpose to cast Black Panthers in my hometown, you know, to cast Black actors, period, in my hometown. On a bit major film, I do this in The Black Messiah around a time like this. Like, I think it's nothing but, like, divine for me. And those are the real intentions of my business. And that's why I say, like, you're not going to find me as the casting director known for, 
for booking roles that degrade women and like over sexualize them. I'm not gonna be known for that. No, I'm gonna be known for I give women women power through these roles. I give our people justice and power right. through the roles. You know, for because sure. like I said, like my business is a protest and we deserve one, we deserve represent re- representation, reparations and, and justice. <laughs> and and that's literally how, what I feel like I do with my business because I pay people all the time and mm-hmm. I book them on these projects, whether they may, may be, you know, I, I book showroom models for Balmain uh, in the United States That's and awesome. in Mexico, yeah. um, or whether it's a music video or the lead role in a music video, you know, I'm always trying to advocate for, for us wherever I can, wherever I can fit it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's amazing. And it's so and it's so needed for women to be behind the scenes, you know, and that's so, yeah. ma- so many times women get discounted. Like if you're um, attractive, people think, oh, you, are you the model? So it's like, oh, actually, oh, I'm the, I'm the oh, executive that, or the casting director. That right? literally happened to me a month ago. That literally that that exact thing happened to me. So we were on set uh-huh. of, of a music video. Uh, it was a very big artist. I'm not mm-hmm. going to mention the artist's name because it's too big. And um, <laughs> we were on set with the crew. There's a behind the scenes video for the music video and everything. So I'm, I'm not going to have people looking up anything. Uh, and the, the, I don't know whether if he was the director or the AD or whatever he was. He came up to me while we're all in the uh, catering area. Mm-hmm. Comes up to me. He goes, uh, background eats after the crew. Oh. I said, excuse me. I said, excuse me. I'm the casting director. Mm. In the back of my head, I want to say, none of y'all will be here uh, doing nothing. If my cast wasn't here, I could take them all and we could go. Like, don't get me started, you know. But I was just like, wow. In that, in that moment, I'm like, Air, you. This is this is what happens when you beautiful and you a boss woman. Like people just assume you are the the the, the extra. People just assume that people always assume I'm just I'm just there on set being pretty because that that's like a thing too. Like just to be on set, just to be there. Right. And that's never me. I'm always on set to work. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I always have to deal with that. <laughs> wow. All the time. Yeah. So I always try to make it known right when I get to set. Like, yes, I am the casting director. So if you need have any questions about casting, you can speak to me. Um, mm-hmm. Ask me about anything, you know, because I never want anyone to think otherwise. Like they right. need to know, like, I'm responsible for for this that's going on, too. You know, so. What advice would you give women, like, as far as, I don't know, like, a couple of tips to not lose your top when situations like that happen? Like, what do you, what would be, like, the best, you know, way to do Yes. <laughs> I definitely think, uh, I just, I recently started learning, like, breathing techniques, like, a couple years ago. And I honestly think practicing breathing helps, because I promise I want to get through production any other way. Like, if I didn't know how to breathe. Like, wow. really seriously deep breathe. Because instantly, because that instantly triggered me. Because I was instantly triggered. You know, when someone says something to you, you're like, excuse me? Like, do you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> like, because I can get real cocky. Beyonce <laughs> shouted me out, okay? Like, you know. <laughs> but, but like, it's just like, wow, he really said that to me because he assumed I'm the one. And I was the only black woman on set as the casting director. I was the only black woman on set, period. Um, and to come up to the only black woman on set and say that, was Whoa. disgusting to me. As a black man, he should have never come up and said that to me either. I was really disappointed. I, w- I was disgusted, actually. Uh, and so, um, and he's a grown man, too. He wasn't a young, new person. He was a grown man. Like um, 50? 
fifties. Yeah, um, probably yeah, I would say late late forties, early fifties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've experienced that too. I said you just have never seen a, a casting director this fine, so you just <laughs> assumed I was just an extra. But no, I'm the casting director. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was his re- reaction like? Like when you t- when you said that. He was, I mean, a lot of times when you're working on set, the guys are, are jerks. They don't care. He just walked. He just kept walking. I said, excuse me, I'm not the casting director. And he's like, uh, and he starts talking his walkie, like, to whatever, to whatever production crew. Wow. Just that totally just, so just acknowledge it. The, the rest of the crew is looking at me like, and I'm like, did he seriously think I was, the, I was just an extra eating amongst uh-huh. y'all just for yeah. fun? <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, but you know what though, it's gonna take a lot of uh, instances like this to happen for mm-hmm. more like in for people to start seeing like that women are actually, you know, making moves and doing big things in, you know, in the entertainment industry. So yes, for sure, that's a part of being some of the first. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to take yeah. those hits, you right? Know? Yeah. I'm sorry. That sucks. <laughs> but I mean, you know. it happens. I think it happens so much to women that are in positions of power to begin with. Honestly, you know, there's that one video of the police officers pulling over the uh, the district attorney, and, the, she, and yep. they're asking her for her ID. She's like, uh, "I'm the district attorney." And he's like, "Oh, oh, I don't have my card on me." I'm, yeah. yeah, his whole yeah. everything changed. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. It's, it is insane. Well, let me tell you, I'm, I just want to say that I'm proud of you and the work that you are doing, Thank what you. you have done. And like to be like for even for like younger girls to look up and say, like, this is what I want to do. Like cause some of us, like even just even as adults are just like mm-hmm. seeing these like potential roles, like in opportunities. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. A casting director, like you automatically, you know, traditionally think male. So right. to see like, right. oh, you know, you'll be like that name that there's like, oh, no, here's one right here. You yes. know, and so that's yes. really cool. And even with the executive producer space, the director space, you know, mm-hmm. with Ava. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like a lot of um, opportunities now. And I just wanted to just say that um, everybody out there is watching. And if you're a young woman, even if not, like, and you are looking to create I mean just do it you know um you know Ariana she didn't know like that you know going to New York um (laughs) and and becoming a casting director like sometimes you just have to get out there and just do it and especially if you're if something is like lighting a fire inside of you you need to take heed to that and do it because you will always regret it we only get one life we get one life Yes. And so you need to make sure. And today is only done once, you know? Yes, exactly. So I just want to say that we are proud of you. We're rooting for you. Congratulations you. on all of the elevation of your business and all of these amazing projects. And I was telling people, you know, about the uh, Black Judas film, the Judas uh, and the Black Messiah. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, that's that's major. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, keep doing what you're doing because we're watching and everybody's like, like you know we can we can do it too so yes thank you so much (laughs) yes yes and we're gonna hit um i guess you you did see a little bit of the film right uh Mm -hmm. natural hair the movie so what did you Mm -hmm. think about the film um yeah so i love the film um uh the whole time i'm thinking i i want all the hairstylists i've ever worked with to watch this at least once (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) especially like the the non-black stylist like i think it's a very educational film uh education is like key like that's major key 
like that's like the bridge between ignorance and you know like solutions like education you know so i think that is very informative and it's essential that we need to hear these types of things because like the film i'm like this is like my company in a movie like i you know it's like the same thing you know i'm all again i'm all for uh, Afrocentric beauty standards. I'm all for embracing Afrocentric beauty standards. Um, right. I'm all for embracing natural beauty and our natural features and not conforming or changing. Right. Uh, and women need to hear that, especially in today's day and age where everything is just so, so filtered and covered up. You know, we need to hear that we can just be ourselves and mm -hmm. we are we're fine and we're beautiful. So, for sure. Well, thank you for that. Um, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for your time. And yes, we will you. be looking forward to seeing your work. And if you guys go over to Instagram and follow her, it's essentially her name put together with the at. So you see it there. Mm -hmm. um, and check out her company, Collective Casting. That's the at Collective Casting on Instagram as well. Um, and if you go to her website, they can hit you up if they're looking to model and act, right? Mm -hmm. as yeah. well. So. We always post castings too, so follow us for future castings too. Awesome. And you have something coming up where how to act on a set, right? You want to talk about that yes. a little bit? Yeah, so on Sunday we're hosting an Instagram Live and it's model etiquette. I'm teaching model etiquette how to act on a set, how to act between with casting directors and agents, and how to maintain bookings. So go. it's going to be really informative. There you go. So y'all go ahead and follow her now. If you're interested in casting people, if you're interested in being a part of a set, go ahead and go <laughs> over to at Collective Casting and then follow her as well on Instagram. I want to thank you so much for your time. And everybody thank out you. there, you guys, thank you so much and stay beautiful and stay great. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>